WildTalkRadio.com. Theme song! This is the Firefly Funhouse! And I want to introduce you to some very special friends that I met along the way. Hey, this is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. the Rated R Superstar. Hey guys, this is Renee Paquette. This is Kane from WWE. This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hi, this is Bree, and this is Nikki, and we're the Battle Twins. This is Christopher Daniels, and what I like to do on my office is listen to the rap, and now you are and it is awesome. Satisfaction is guaranteed. It's time to experience the award-winning The Rack. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I love kickball. I'm back, taking souls and digging holes. I'm going to break you, bitch, you hear me? You can love, but you can't touch. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. With your host. They've been lying to you. Heroes don't exist. Y'all become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. Have I mentioned that I was uh, once addicted to eating sponges? Lindsay Ward. Look at me, woman. And you can just call me Taker. Oh my god, it's Taker. Taker, Taker, Taker. Does Taker hate me? Oh my god, it's Taker. And she was a wicked, wicked child who spat and swore and shoot to back. I like puppets. Stickers! And her producer, Sir Rockin. My little creatures of the night will now experience the magical art of puppetry. This <laughs> what the game is playing. Live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. We're here. Yowie wowie. everyone welcome to the rack right here on wildtalkradio.com brought to you by our friends over at mbg films check them out youtube.com slash mbg 1211 and if you're listening to us over on rackradioshow.com wildtalkradio.com or directly on twitch thank you so much for tuning in we greatly appreciate it if you're on twitch and you have to have a prime gaming sub available well you can use it here for free for 30 days all you have to do is hit the little purple button down the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free it is a that's simple. You can also subscribe to the regular way, follow the channel, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. I'm your host, Lindsay Ward. Joining me, as always, is the ever-faithful producer slash co-host slash handyman, Sir Rockin'. 55 months. It's a long time, man. Thanks. It, and I know I'm not Brent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you tweet us at wildtalkradio.com or twitch.tv slash wtlive. To interact with us live. Lindsay's back. I mean, you know, Brent did a good job. Yeah, it was weird me introing the show, though. It was weird. It was weird? You didn't like it? I, I'm not supposed to do it in this show. I was going to say, you, you intro most of the other shows, though. Yeah, but this is not the show I intro, though. 
But you did a good job. I did a good yeah, and technically it was in the extra version of the show because you know we weren't going to do the main show with all the bells and whistles like we normally do. Oh, he didn't get all the bells and whistles. No, we didn't do all the bells and whistles whistles because we did a rack extra, not a rack show. Because you know, this is this is this show. So here we are. So we got stuff to talk about. We got t- stuff to do tonight and talk about and all the things. We have a question for you. Do you remember how much the WWE Network was? Originally, it was oh. nine ninety nine. Wow, they they made a t shirt and everything about it. That is permanently ingrained, 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 ingrained in my brain. There was a shirt. There was a flag on top of WWE headquarters at the time. The marketing for that it was on programming for weeks. It was months, months I think, years. I mean, my the, God, you can get the WWE Network for only. Nine, nine, nine. It was it weaved it in the promos. That was yeah. Was, that was the main selling point of the network. That was how they marketed it. Was it's nine ninety nine for all of this content? Yes, and we'll talk more about that in the back half of the show. And honestly, that's what fucking sold it. Um, <laughs> let's all be completely honest. Mm-hmm. So we got stuff to talk about. We do. So, I kind of want to start with one of the bigger stories from last week that we did not get Go to it. discuss. Go for it. Um, And I wanted to talk about it, and unfortunately I wasn't able to talk about it. Um, But that is the firing of one Scott Demore from TNA Wrestling and the fallout of that. Um, he was oh, let yeah. go. <laughs> What has there been fallout? There's been a lot of fallout on that, and rightfully so. So, just for backstory, if you don't follow my stream, if you don't listen to me, I had shit going on last week. I had a family emergency, so I wasn't able to fully see the fallout on this one until I got back. Um, But Scott Demore last week, late last week, was let go by Anthem Sports and Entertainment for seemingly no reason. Well, there's more to start. We'll get to it. There's more. Yeah. Um, but wait, there's more. Um, which unleashed a firestorm in terms of fan reaction, in terms of talent reaction. And the reason why is when everybody else abandoned TNA, when everybody else, and I'm talking management, gave up on TNA, you know who the one person was that didn't? Scott, Scott Demore. Yep. He put that company on his back and he has carried it probably for 10, 12 years, something like that. Something ridiculous. And he, um, ever since he, ever since he came back, cause he left and he came back. Since 2017, he's been back. When, okay. Anthem, when Anthem bought the company, he came back. When he, okay. So it's been, so 2017 to 2024, so seven years. Yeah, he's been running the promotion. He was involved with G- GFW for a little bit, but yeah, he was, yeah. But he's yeah. also the heart and soul of TNA because he's one of, I think, one of the first people that helped found TNA. Or he, he was, was at least involved in the very early days of he TNA. He came in about a year in when they brought Team Canada and stuff in. Yeah. And he's been in and out ever since. But he's, at least for the last seven years, so correct the math, carrying that company on his back and bringing it really back to relevance and back to life, especially after um, (laughs) all the scandals and all the financial troubles and all the things happened. When everybody else left, Scott Demore was there. And 
like I said, fans were pissed because he has helped keep the brand around. Wrestlers were pissed because in terms of management, they all felt he had their back. He all felt they all felt that he was looking out for them and that nobody can run that company like Scott DeMore can. Um, just as for the record, um, Scott was replaced by somebody in Anthem Sports um, so they could run the company. But you said there's more. There's the names below in the, the second part of the, the tab. Anthony Ciccioni? Sissone? Sissone or something like that? Yeah. Sissone is named the new president of TNA Wrestling. You talk about the fans the, 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 and the wrestlers uniting. The wrestlers sent letters to, to Anthem Sports and Entertainment backing their former boss. Alright, so here here's the deal. It seems like it came out of nowhere that he was let go from the company, and, it, and to everyone it was, but he had known for a while that things were going downhill and he was going to be let go. Starting in the beginning like January, I think he had an idea of right before Hard to Kill, he knew, which was their big Ironic. rebranding. Yeah. He knew he was on he was he was on his way out because he has had some disagreements with man upper management in uh, and in some sports and entertainment. Um he wanted more money invested in the company. Um Which is fair. Which is fair. Him and uh Ed Norham, who also came uh-huh. in, is no longer with the company. Um because he had ties with Scott the Moore, so they kinda clean ship. They cleaned house. Yeah. Um there was a point where as he knew things were going downhill, he had a, he he made some phone calls, made some moves, and had the financial backing to buy TNA Wrestling from Anthem Sports and Entertainment. He had a major banking company backing him up with you know going to foot the bill. They they turned them down, which I'm not sure why. Because they don't want to sell the property. They have they see value in it, especially for their network in 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 Canada. I so okay. It, so I I don't. But the reason don't why it has value is because of him. Yes and no, because they have the library and everything. That's why. Um, it fills content for their network. Um, did they hold on to the library? They did, because that's, that's the TNA Plus servers. Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't entirely sure. I remember, like, a bunch of stuff got sold there mm-hmm. when they hit, I think, the last financial crisis, and I wasn't, and I thought there was, like, bids from WWE to there were buy talks, the library. But never bought. Okay. Library was never bought because Anthem wanted the Anthem bought, came in and bought everything. Um, but yeah, so there was there's that part of the story. So he had disagreements. They they thought it was not mutual. Like the press release came out and said there was no mutual parting of the ways. So it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I wish Scott Moore nothing but the best. I mean, him having the disagreements with upper management, especially for asking for things like. Um, financial resources for the company to help begin to grow TNA again. I can understand and I can respect. I understand that Anthem is only going to invest so much. Um, I 100% respect the fact that he tried to buy the company. Yeah. Because that shows, and to me that demonstrates a level of commitment to it. And I feel like that's that's a mistake on Anthem's part when you have somebody that is so committed to the brand that they're willing to fight for it, that they're willing to go into a huge ass amount of debt for it. It's not the smartest decision. I no, not the, not the smartest decision. But again, it demonstrates it, a level of commitment to the brand yeah. that he's going to try to do right to the brand. And when you have people like that in positions, especially when they they're going to be able to better the brand, I feel like dust-ups and disagreements can sort of maybe you have to think about, well, how much are we really willing in terms of dust-ups and disagreements? How much are we willing to take if he's good at his job? Which he was very good 
at his job. Yeah. Now, obviously, there are certain things that are intolerable and maybe they hit that point. I don't know. But it's just to me, when you have somebody who is that committed, who is that focused, who is that all about that brand, it seems a mistake to let them go, especially to put somebody to replace them with somebody who it doesn't seem like they have that same level of commitment. No, and everything's like you, now, now everything's going to be folded more under the Anthem brand. So it's just, it sounds like Teenage is just going to get absorbed. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more, like, because they were redoing all their production and stuff, and that, it was moving in that direction somewhat in terms of production and whatnot, so we'll see where it goes. There's, we'll see it, where it goes. And you know what? It could, the brand could change, they could, they could go live every week, they could do different things. They have a pay-per-view coming up in April that they just recently announced. It'll be from the Palms in Las Vegas on, on April 21st, I think. So, good on them. interesting. Mm-hmm. Where would hotel to do it at? Do we see a lot of talent not renewing because of this? That's weird because everyone just sort of signed up again. So it, um, that's that's like the weird thing because with the launch of the TNA brand, everyone was signing new contracts. Um, I could see a lot of people, depending on who they are and their stance and what they want to do. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where they are in the resigning process. I could see some people leaving over it. I could see some people not resigning over it. But also, depending on where the company's at, at the end of some of the deals, they may or they may not sign. Because I think some people were signing, what, two, three year deals? Maybe upwards of five? I don't, so, I don't, know, I don't know how long commitment people were making, but they were also, we, we about a month and a half ago, We when we came back, when we did the news show that week, a month ago, wow, it's only been a month, when we had like 10 hours of news. We rattle off about 10, 12 names and just sign contracts. Yeah. So it, it depends on the commitment and the length of time, because for a lot of people, it could be, well, I'm not happy now, but let's wait and see where the com- where the company is in that time, because at that point, it will be water under, under the bridge. And it could be something that they bring him back. We don't know. I, I would tend to doubt it, but he's come and gone. So it could be something where maybe they're not happy with the management of the company and they bring him back. We'll talk about bringing people back here in a minute. Um, but I don't think the Moore's coming back. But another company, that's a different story. We'll get to that. Yeah. So sticking with our other category, just real quick, Stardom's Rossi Ogawa. This is the, uh, and I do apologize if I mispronounced the name. This is the other huge story from last week that we didn't get to talk about was fired from Bushy Road, the promotion he created, and was accused of poaching talents. Um, now there was a lot of speculation of who he was poaching talents for, and it turns out he was poaching them for himself as he intends to start his own promotion. Wrestling World just wanted it. One is all like, needs to calm down. Um, two. Wrestling World chose violence last week. (laughs) No, this whole month. Um, in the last 30 days, everyone shows violence, and AEW is the the safest and most stable company out there for now. Which is terrifying terrifying that it is but because everyone else has said management changes and we'll talk about their management changes here in a minute but yeah um there's a lot going on between stardom stardom's um guy leaving and tna's changing of the guard new japan's recent change of the guard and the big story in new japan people think about it is everyone leaving a lot of their big stars in the last year have left so you gotta wonder what's going on there um we're gonna we'll break those stories in the coming weeks of the next guy who's we've talked about how he's leaving and where he's headed. We'll have that story here probably in the next month. 
of where Okada is going and how elite he will be. I'm just going to say this. If he's already under contract, just announce it. Don't don't surprise it. Just announce it. They're working Same, out the deal. They're working on the deal now. Especially if someone else, you know, is already signed and they can bank on her appearance. Just Big, announce her. Speaking of which, how about this? Let's go to AEW news. AEW has announced big business for March 13th in Boston. Gee, I wonder what that could be. I have no idea. Where there's dollar signs in Boston. Talk about the Monet they'll make that night. Although I kind of feel a little bad for them because Tony like announced this and apparently it didn't even move a moon like any type of needle. No, it's not going to. The date to move the needle is March 13th in Boston for but AW Big Business. Three Bizinus three syllables. three syllables. Yes. Um, my whole thing with this is I re- I appreciate they're trying to make it a big show and they're trying to make it special. But you know what? If you have a specific boss under contract announce her okay announce her and say she's going to be there that she's going to appear at big business on march 13th in boston say she's there they're never going to that's the reason they never did punk originally for the first dance in chicago well okay punk punk i can give you because punk was the return after 17 years of not being in professional wrestling Mercedes has been over in Japan. She's been in WWE. She has been active. She's out on injury right now, but she's been active since she left WWE. So for me, it's not this necessarily return to wrestling. She's coming off of injury. So it's a little different than Punk. But if you want to boost your rating, say she's there. You want to boost your ticket sales. You want to boost your ratings. You say she's there. Market the shit out of that. They are with... They are with Boston. No, 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 no. None of this, none of this cloak and dagger shit. From a marketing standpoint, maybe they're waiting until she says she's ready to go. But here's okay. Here's the thing about that. Here's the thing. She better be ready by by March 13th because if March 13th comes and goes and there's no Mercedes Monet in Boston. He's gonna look really stupid. That's so, all I'm saying. So, spoiler: she's been on their contract since January, so she'll be ready for Boston. But just, just from a marketing perspective, where their numbers are suffering from ratings and from ticket sales, and I don't know how well the Boston show's selling, but just from 6, ticket 000? sales, six thousand tickets. I'll look it up. Out of out of how many? I'll let you. I'll, let me look it up. Because if the building's sold, it's fine. But if you want to boost your ratings, say that she's there. Say that she's there every week. And you know what? Have the women's division get riled up about the fact that Mercedes Monet is coming in. And, you know, have them get get sort of territorial about it. And the fact that, you know, this is another person coming in to try and take our division. And, you know, rile them up and basically have people start making challenges for her. And start grumbling and doing all the things. Like, start start it now. She doesn't necessarily have to wrestle in Boston if she's not ready to go, but she can at least appear. She can at least cut a promo. She can at least go out in front of the crowd. Okay. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate just for, 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 for that to not have her show up until Boston, which is has, currently is, they've sold 5,800 tickets as of the 13th. 
setup is for 6,800 tickets in, in a 20,000 seat building. But that's besides the point. We're not, that's. Maybe they got a deal. They did not get a deal. This one's going to cost them money to run this building because this is the Boston Garden, TD Garden. This one's, uh, they're hoping they built, they got the building and opening up tickets as they go, hoping they sell the tickets. Okay, the Devil's Advocate part of not having her on TV. One, this is the event to bring her in on that. Because number two, there's a pay-per-view coming up. They're not going to want her there because they're not going to want the spotlight taken away from Sting with this final match, which I get. I'm not saying have her there. You just But I'm did. saying you, you advertise her. It's tricky because that's not how... That's a WWE thing. They would advertise someone on the way coming. AEW and you know to what? Do, to do it this. always works, generally. Usually, yeah. And maybe this will work. Maybe her fan base will realize that, like, debuting her, like, okay, what they did right with Punk and what they're doing wrong with this, they did Punk on a Friday. Live on a Friday on a weekend. That's, that's the end of your week. Wednesday is, like, that's a tough day to get tw- people to travel to go see her. That's all. I don't know. We'll see what happens with big business in Boston. With I'm just days, Monet. I'm just saying, if 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 you have her, if she's under contract, go ahead and start advertising her. Go ahead and say she's going to be there, especially if you're trying to sell a building that's 20,000 seats. And you're trying to open up as you go, because that will tell you, that will give you an indication of her drawing power right there. To just hint at it, to do this whole cloak and dagger shit, where it's, oh, it's Boston, and we're going to make some money. And you do what you, they're doing what they did with Punk. The thing is, is that everybody knew it was Punk. Just like everybody knows it's Mercedes. The difference is, is that they do it with everybody. Because it worked with Punk, they do it with everybody. And it's just, if you have her, just come out and say it. Just, that should have been the announcement. Okay. Is. That she's coming. I get it. That she's coming. I want to reply to her demands. AEW was her first choice. She went back to WWE and went, hey, what do you got? Because she was, there was plans before she got her to join AEW and run AEW. That's why they had her at All In. They were plans and she just was, hasn't been healthy. She went back with the, they made inquiries going, hey, so, um, what's up? And then she gave her a price. They went, eh. And that's, that's where they're at. It was never her, it's not a second choice. It was originally she was going to AEW and it's been in the works for a year, I think. Anyway, we got other news. We got other news. We'll see how that goes. So, Brian Keith has joined AEW, so congratulations to him. Yay. And QT Marshall got himself quite the upgrade. Um, so he left. And now he's coming back as the yeah. VP of Creative and Talent. Basically back in his old job, just not wrestling. Yep. He's he's backstage at this time and that's all. Um so he'll have some influence and, and whatnot, but he's probably back to do his, what he was doing before and just not going out of the ring and so because the problem became where he saw the direction of the company. Also, he was trying to get himself over at the same time. Imagine that. A wrestler who has position power wants to get himself over. Never seen that. Never ever. happens. It never happens. So he'll be able to still wrestle the, on the independent scene with the, with the um, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling or wherever else he decides to work. But he'll be as the vice president of creative and talent. So he'll get a steady paycheck there. Kind of, that's kind of the deal with that Good job. one. For anybody interested. <laughs> if you're still out there who play this game. If you're still out there who play this game, good for you. Um, AEW Fight Forever Season Pass number three has been announced. 
You get three new characters, Claudio Castagnoli, Jamie Hayter, and Swerve Strickland, 42 new customization options, 11 music tracks, 33 new move animations, new day and night beach arena, for all for the bargain basement price of $16.99, which in what they're selling the game for now I think is close to what the actual game costs. Um, you also get a free DLC that includes outfits and community wrestlers created by Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Britt Baker, the O... Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, thank you. Nyla Rose and uh, Swerve to the Beach is available now and others to come. So the Swerve Strickland version of part of it, remember how the last season passed, you had like, you could buy it on its own. Like each particular character who gets released, you could buy them on their own. So Swerve to the Beach, the, the Beach Arena, and um, Swerve Strickland is available today. It's available. I copied their tweet. They didn't even write Orange Cassidy in their tweet. Tw- in their tweet, they just wrote R O C, because that that's great marketing. I was like O C. They work for and, WWE. It's not great marketing. They should actually write out his name and push it. But you know what that is? Is that was what was sent in the email, and whoever told them to tweet that didn't bother to type yeah. out his name, and so the person that's running their social media was just like, I just and just literally paste. copy paste and put it in. Yep, hundred percent. So they. What's weird is, so they don't have community creation, but they had their wrestlers make wrestlers that you can get for free. I, I, it's weird. They're Why don't free you just have community creations? Because they don't have that option. Why? Because they don't have the budget for that. <laughs> they don't have the budget for that. <sighs> because that takes a lot of money. Servers cost a lot. They don't have that kind of money for this game. But buy the game. The game's now thirty dollars, so it's it's half price now. So enjoy. So you buy the DLC for sixteen ninety nine for season three. I don't know how long the seasons last. There, I think they last probably a couple months before they give you new people. Um, but they're they're doing what they said. They're going to keep adding to the game. I have a question: Will these people be in late date, or will they be already out of date? By the time they come out, well, the three people here should be okay because they haven't really changed. <laughs> well, it was a problem with Tony Storm, so I just right. have to ask. Claudio has not changed his look. Neither has um, Swerve. Neither has Jamie Hader because Jamie's been out since last July. So, mm. so her look couldn't have changed yet. <laughs> Fair. All right, let's get into some WWE news. Alrighty, so sticking with the gaming news. Um, WWE 2K24 has released their stuff, their trailers and everything else. And we have our showcase of the Immortals update. This is going to center around WrestleMania and 40 years of. So the matches that will be in the showcase of the Immortals will be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with George the Animal Steel facing Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth from WrestleMania 3. You have Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant with Bobby the Brain Heenan from WrestleMania 3. Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby the Brain Heenan. He got around. Uh, versus the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 5. I, I just had to make sure because there's two semicolons after it. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper from WrestleMania 7. Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 10. Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from WrestleMania 13. Stone Cold versus The Rock from WrestleMania X7. I'm going to stop Eddie you. Gert- I'm going to stop you a second. That was going to be interesting to work around marketing-wise. What? Stone Cold versus The Rock? At WrestleMania 17. Cause it, this, this, so they in, they intertwined real footage into these, and that, that ending featured uh, a, a chairman of the board. 
Well, I'm sure they'll cut him out. No, they're just not marketing because it's too late to do so. Which we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. Um, Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania 31. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 35. The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania 36. That would be interesting to play. I'm stopping you right there. That's the coolest thing in this whole entire set right there. That one. Because it's going to be everything. It's going to be everything from it. There's all the different looks. It's all all the Cena looks, all the Bray Wyatt looks are going to be in it. That's That's awesome. Play more in a minute. Keep going. The best way you can honor that man right there with that yes. match, because that, I believe, is his brainchild, and it's fitting. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 39. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. Bianca Belair versus Asuka at WrestleMania 39. And more. Couple, uh, let's break down a couple of things. One, the, the one with the chairman of the board is going to be interesting. Two, and more, ladies and gentlemen, my client, Brock Lesnar, mm. is probably the and more. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised the street, the end of the street, didn't make it in from 30. I have a funny feeling it's in the game, and they're just not promoting it out of the 21 matches. So you got 18 of them. Because I was going to say, Stone Gold got like two. Three. There's three Stone Cold. Three? Yeah, there he is. Three. And Taker only got one? I think there's going to be a second Taker in there. And, yeah. And then there's probably, there, you, you know, there's no Roman. There's only one Roman Reigns one. There's a kind of a Roman Brock trilogy. Anyway, um, I assume it's going to be part of that somewhere along the lines. So, a couple things. So, there's that. The Firefly Funhouse is going to be fun. And, and just for people's sake, starting... March fifth, yeah, March fifth and sixth. March fifth and sixth. We are going to be playing this on stream for everybody. So we're gonna do the whole showcase of Immortals on the stream on those two dates, and then we have to go to a third. We'll go to a third, depending how long things take. But we're gonna stream all of that live here on Twitch. Ding. So Tuesday night, not me. I am. Tuesday night and on Wednesday night, we're going to stream it so you have content. And more announcements about more WW2K24 content coming soon. But that's the first stuff we're going to be streaming. I'm going to let everyone know. Prepare to be here every day, basically, in March. Which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So every night in March, basically, starting, I think, the 4th, we're going to be here for a minute or two every night. So, uh... Turn those notifications on. That's all I'm going to think. So we'll be streaming a lot in March. Anyway, moving on. Moving on, sticking with WrestleMania. WrestleMania's start time has been moved to 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, so that, okay. that's smart. That's smart. Um, Four hours a night. Makes sense. Yeah, end at 11 instead of midnight. That would be good. 11, 11, 15. Yeah, you got some wiggle room there. It's better than I think, midnight. Yeah, because especially on a Sunday where people have to get up and go to work and go to school. Like, that was the one thing about WrestleMania last year that kind of sucked was Sunday night, and it didn't, and Roman, I think, didn't go on until midnight, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, I have to work tomorrow. Can we hurry this up? Just a little bit. And then he went for, like, what, 30, 45 minutes? I think last, I think they were good. I think they were off by midnight, like, right around, a little bit over mid, past midnight. 
but they were on the West Coast, so it was a little bit different for them. Here on the East Coast, it's better to start a little bit earlier. Yeah. And get everyone out. Especially if you need to, because I'm going to let everyone know, you're going to WrestleMania this year, and you you have a vehicle, you're, you're, you're going to be sitting in traffic for a minute, we'll be trying just to get out of the st- stadium complex. Take an Uber. Take an Uber. Take public Carpool. Transport- take public transportation, because it gets backed up down there a little bit. Better now, but with 60,000 people, I mean, you're going to be down there for a minute. Yeah, take an extra hour to it may take an extra hour to get out, which is not unusual. But yeah, no, it's just it's just just, it's just a heads up for people. That's all, just a heads up. It's not the best area to drive in. Mm. Moving on, Brian Pillman's estate has announced that they have signed a Legends deal with WWE. So congratulations to them. That's cool. So I would expect him to be in WWE 2K25 next year. (laughs) Convenient that his son signs with them, and hey, look, Mm -hmm. boom, there's a Legends deal. Imagine that. Take care of the family. Makes sense. Uh, on a sadder note, Amari Miller and Matt Camp have both been released. Yeah, Matt Camp was interesting. Um, he's been very. He does a lot of things for the digital side and like on air and stuff. So that's interesting. He's been a part of the pre-shows when they're overseas and stuff. Well, that's an interesting move. Scott, uh, Sam Roberts took his spot on the bump. This week, I guess maybe they're they're getting they're changing things. Probably limiting the people they need for on, on those sides of things, yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of Matt Camp, you could have him be pay-per-play. You don't necessarily have to have him under an exclusive deal. You could have him just show up when you need him. You could, but I think it, he's gone. So they, But they have other people they can, like Sam Roberts, who they can just, hey, we're already working Slot with in. you. Yeah. They have plenty of people that can fit those roles. And I think that's the point. They have an overabundant of people that can fit there. Yeah. So, it sucks, though. Yeah, it does. And Amari Miller also kind of sucks, too. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. So, best of luck to both of them. Um, I don't know what to call this. The OC vibe? Go with that. Okay. Just for the record, the acronym is O-C-V-I-B-E. O-C-Vibe. But it would be, because it's in California, so Ocean or Orange County Vibe. Go with that. Okay. A one-of-a-kind immersive sports and entertainment district centered around the Honda, Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Today, it announced a first-of-its-kind five-year live event partnership with UFC and WWE Two of the world's most iconic sports and entertainment brands. Starting this year, UFC and WWE will bring at least three events each to the Honda Center throughout 2028. Fans coming to Anaheim over the next five years will see a variety of events ranging from UFC's must-watch championship pay-per-views and compelling fight nights to WWE's spectacular arena shows, including electrifying live TV programs such as Raw and SmackDown. This this starts um, next week when they're out in California, I believe. Um, that's cool though so i ex- expect a lot of this um them to come up with these type of um package deals in different cities because they want to ro- have ufc and wwe run events in the same one it'll save some money having them get better deals where you run the same building over over course of a few days so i would expect there to be events where weekends where smackdown and ufc are are back to back or ufc and a raw are back like those type of events because it's a way to get TKO's branding out there for both companies, so I could you I expect to see a lot of that over the next few years, where especially the next couple of years, where like they try to coincide everything together, which is smart. 
to it get is everything smart. to get everything there together so you can save on some production costs for getting you know things in and what what have you and you're just owning the building and you can make a presence like you can do you can build out like hey here's a UFC WWE shop pop-up shop in those areas for that weekend like you have a lot that you can do so i expect a lot of this going forward yeah it makes sense especially in the bigger cities it makes complete sense yeah um and it's not on the sheet but they also um are building out their presence in Saudi Arabia as well. They opened the Undertaker experience in the WWE exhibit that's there. I don't know what else to call it. The um, WWE but- it's called the WWE experience. Um that's officially opened. Yeah, and they had Taker over there. He was doing things with a soccer trophy. They need to get that man formal wear. They just they do. I'm sorry. He just it, it's no offense to Mark, but they just, if he's going to be making appearances, they need to get that man formal wear. Just, it makes sense. You can still wear the get up, but you know, you just get him some nice formal wear. Um, but yeah. So they opened that up as well. So it would be cool if they would, could figure out a way to bring that to the U.S. I don't know if they would be able to, um, sustain it on their own, but with the Peacock deal, I'm surprised they never did anything at NBC Universal or Universal Studios with it and they may still i don't know um but i'm surprised they never opened anything like that they've always wanted to have a physical presence somewhere but it it, you have to weigh the cost is it cost effective for them to run it no but for them to license it yes that's where the saudi arabia money is like it's very cost effective for them to do it there yeah so congratulations to them and with that the blame brents bones breaking Back's cracking. Shoulder snapping. It's this week's Injury Roundup. Oh my goodness gracious, Brent had a banner week. Dear God, between the Super Bowl and wrestling, <laughs> he had fun. I'm just going to say it. Half the, half the 49ers football team just Hashtag buries injuries. Brent. Just go ahead and do it. I mean, he got like, what, five, six people in the Super Bowl? Some in and out, yeah. Yeah. But he, he he had fun on Sunday. Um and joining them is unfortunately Shotzi. Hashtag blame Brent. Who sadly blew out her knee on Tuesday. So they filmed this coming week's episode of NXT on Tuesday because they're doing a tryout inside of, in uh, Australia. So a lot of key NXT personnel have to go overseas, so they taped NXT just like they're taping two weeks of SmackDown tomorrow um, to go there. Uh, so there's that one. Um, so you'll get to see her because it's like when you said that like she blew out her knee, I was like, but wait, they were advertising on NXT that like she's fighting next week, so them taping it makes sense. Yeah, they just they taped the match, um, so they had to scramble and fix that up, and they also had to remove her from the match where she was going to be in a qualifying match for the Mitch Chamber tomorrow. That is now being filled by Alba Fire. She'll be taking on whoever she was supposed to go against. Don't remember who it is off the top of my head, but she's being replaced there. Um, so best of luck to Shotzi on recovery. No no, no word on what it is. It was a freak incident. Um, and hopefully it's not a torn something or other, but she couldn't put any weight on her knees, so I have a feeling it's a torn something or other. And, uh, just ask the other girls who have blown out their knees and torn some things and ask them how much braces cost, because, um, yep, that's where we're at. Alba Fire is facing Naomi. There you go. And 
Tiffany Stratton is facing Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. Yeah. And the other one. And the other one, Jeff Hardy with a broken nose. Hashtag blame Brent. He is, you'll see this tomorrow on Rampage. He takes a shooting star or whatever move it was from Sammy Guevara. Got caught right in the nose. It's like just sort of, Sammy's like just smashed him right in the face. So that's always good. That's never good. Well, but go with that, I say we go to break. Let's do it. All right. So when we coming back, when we come back, I don't know where coming came from, but when we come back, the WWE Network, then, now, forever, 10 years of the WWE Network, all for $9.99. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to The Rack right here on WildRadio.com, and we will be right back. Are you following us on twitch.tv slash WTR live? Do you have Amazon Prime? If so, you can link it to your Twitch account and subscribe to our Twitch channel for free with Twitch Prime. It's the easiest way to help support us for free. Every Monday night, once Monday Night Raw ends, the Raw Post Show goes live. You want to hear a story? Give me a hell yeah! Join Lindsay and Sir Rockin' as they give their opinions on what they liked, what? what they didn't like, what? and what left them completely confused. What? It's the Raw Post Show, what? Monday nights, what? 11 p.m. Eastern, what? live on the Wild Talk Radio Network. And that's the bottom line! Go Stone, go Simpson! Every Sunday night, the evolution continues with Wrestle Talk Radio, giving you all the latest happenings in sports entertainment. With the intern, the producer, the original Tim Stein, and sometimes a case sheet. It's WTR Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Mountain, only on the Wild Talk Radio Network. what you hear subscribe to the rack on apple podcasts just search for the rack radio show and while you're there leave us a review and tell us your thoughts on your favorite show on a thursday night did you know that you can use support a creator code rock sock in the fortnite item shop that's our o c k n s o c k in the fortnite item shop Hashtag ad because we are a hashtag epic partner. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you are listening to the Rap Radio Show on Wild Talk Radio.
And welcome back to the rack right here on WildTalkRadio.com, brought to you by our friends over at MBG Films. Check them out, YouTube.com slash MBG1211. And if you're listening to us over on RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, or directly on Twitch, thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. You're on Twitch and you happen to have a Prime Gaming sub available, but you can use it here for free for 30 days. All you have to do is hit the little purple button down the bottom of the screen and you can subscribe for free. It is that simple. You can also follow the channel subscribe the regular way, hang out and chat, or listen to the archive. We are happy to have you any way we can get you. And with that, we are going to wax poetic on the WWE Network. Then, now, and forever. Maybe. As it, maybe, as it, <laughs> it comes up on its 10th year and is perhaps facing its sunset. 10 years this week. 10 years this week. I think my God. I think it may be even today or it was yesterday, something like that. It's been ten years. Remember the okay, first event? Remember, remember the first event on the network? I remember when they announced the network, and we were all like, "Wait, what does this mean?" And the second they said, like the big selling point for the network, and what got everybody so excited about it—at least most people—there um, were some people who were pissed, but what got people really excited about the network was the price for nine ninety nine. And they will pour that into your brain. For nine ninety nine, you get every WWE pay per view monthly, live event monthly, plus the entire WWE library, which they had to add gradually. But and, you and got st- and still are and still are. Um, but you got the pay per views, which traditionally had been. 40 50 and in the case of WrestleMania, like upwards of $70, I think, to purchase, you got those events for $10 a month. And you could watch them whenever you wanted, as many times as you wanted. So if you wanted to go back and watch WrestleMania 3, you could do it on a random Tuesday if you wanted. Which I have. Or if you... Go ahead. Which I have. Which he, which he has done. I mean, it was... For what it was when it was introduced, it was absolutely revolutionary. Yeah. And I would argue that the WWE Network walked so things like Paramount Plus could run. And Peacock. Disney Plus. And Peacock. And WWE did it first. Because Netflix was Netflix. And Netflix was a thing. But it but wasn't what it were- is now. They were just branching out into live streaming, into archive streaming. Because remember, Netflix was DVDs originally. Yeah. And Hulu, I don't think, was a thing. Hulu, I think, was just starting out. But it didn't have the content it has now. Yeah. It was very much just, it wasn't worth the money, basically. But yeah, back when this started, this was revolutionary. Nobody else had this. Nobody else was doing this. And WWE made the decision that we're going to come off pay-per-view. They saw the trends. They saw where everybody was going. And the biggest advantage that the network had over everybody else was you could watch it on your phone. It was one of the first mobile streaming services out there. Yes. That was absolutely huge. The fact that you couldn't watch Raw or SmackDown, which always kind of sucked, but TV deals... Um, but you could watch the pay-per-views on your phone. So if you weren't able to be home to watch the WWE pay-per-view, guess what? 
you didn't have to worry about it and you didn't have to watch it the next day and you didn't have to worry about the spoilers on Twitter and Tout and Facebook and everywhere else. You could watch it live on your phone. It was huge. Mm -hmm. What they did. And they sort of started the trend that we're seeing today. Because everybody saw that model. And when I mean everybody, I mean a lot of media providers saw that model, saw the pricing for the model, and went, this works. It does. You take your core audience and you, you build them a decent price for content. It's It, it opened up for ESPN+, Plus, opened up for Hulu and Disney+, Plus and all the other other pluses out there that become a thing and part of your your packages that you purchase. It became a thing, and it, it, it's grown worldwide. They produced, like, they, they when they came, they, the first couple of things they were trying to get you to hook on, besides the pay-per-views, and then eventually all the Monday Night Rawls and the, and the Smackdowns and the Nitros, was the Monday Night War series, which was a really good series they did. Um, they also had Legends House. <laughs> which was interesting. Which was an interesting thing. But they had, like, a WrestleMania Rewind and a Countdown series. And all these different, you know... Table for three. Table for three would eventually come. The Stone Cold Podcast, the Jericho Podcast, a bunch of different things that sort of became a thing. We had camp... uh, They were able to do their own cartoon series called Camp WWE. Which I'm equal parts sad and equal parts relieved that they only have one. (laughs) The Edge and Christian show became a staple of it, which was really cool. It allowed them to branch out into forms of content that they were not able to do before. Yeah, and um, in a it, lot of cases, they could produce it relatively inexpensively. There was, um, what was it called? The one where they followed people the, 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 from town to town. Oh, what was it called? Oh, road trip or something like that. Yeah, 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 road trip. Whatever. I think it was road trip. But yeah, um, where they they followed the wrestlers around, and and you could just sort of saw them go from town to town, um, which was a really cool series that they did. Because oh, no, it was put, Ride Along. Was ride, ride Along, Ride Along. There you go, Ride Along. Because um, they put all three three different people in a car and then, you know, drive from city to city. And it, that was, and they just talk, and they, they just, just tell stories. Yeah. Um, but the one thing it put up there, it took this thing they had down that was on te- television as a reality series, and then they went down and reformatted it, and it just became a thing on a Florida television called NXT. They took that... Mm-hmm. And put it on the WWE Network. The first thing that ever aired live on the WWE Network was NXT Arrival. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm trying to remember, who was in the main event of that show? I believe it was in one man named uh, Bo Dallas, I believe. It was. We had to bo-leave. We could still bo-leave back then. And it gave them a chance to showcase its superstars that they were developing. It was a Neville and Bo Dallas. Was a match on the show. Breeze versus Wood never actually happened because I think Miro attacked them. You had Paige and Emma, The Ascension versus Too Cool, Cesaro and Sami Zayn. Wonder if they made it anywhere. <laughs> and Mojo Raleigh took on CJ Parker in a match on, on that show. Um, but yeah, that allowed us to give. So not only did we get monthly WWE pay per views, we got four takeovers as they would be rebranded over the years. Four oh, NXT yeah. specials you would, get, you would get specials along the way. And the network just sort of made it like feasible to watch anything you wanted at any point and gave you live content when before you didn't have it and it then, you know, allowed for WWE to expand its its, its audience. And it flexed on a lot of the people like, Hey, look at this the series we have and it really showcased everything. 
That was and and they showed you all the past stuff you mentioned. Like you got all the WrestleManias, the, the Rawls, the SmackDowns, what have you. I why for every I still do watch them all. It's background noise at times, but like when the Royal Rumble comes back, let's let's watch some old Rumbles or WrestleMania and, and stuff like that because it's, it's just good background content at this point. You don't have to actively sit there, but it's it's good background content when football's over. There's nothing on television. Um, which hey, we're in that period now. Um. <laughs> But the network has sort of grown. But it also had some failures. It did have some failures. And one of the one of its biggest failures was it never grew the way they had hoped. And they, they tried a lot of marketing schemes beyond the nine ninety nine. A lot of, hey, for this you get this free try free month of the WWE network. Try you took it. advantage of that one. I took advantage of that uh, of, of that one. A bunch of people did because they just let you do it. You get your free month and you go from there. Um, but they tried all the different promotions, but they peaked at subscribers. It was about a million to a million two is what they peaked at. The original hope was to get the two million subscribers. And in the streaming game, that's not a lot. Because you look at the numbers Netflix has, what, hundreds of millions of people or whatever. Or I think it's 70 million, 80 million. No, it's like 80 million, I think. It's a lot of, it's a lot of people though that have it. Peacock's at like 30 million subscribers. So like one to two million, one point one. That's not the number you need. But Netflix I mean, has around two hundred sixty million paid subscribers worldwide as two, of the fourth two, quarter of twenty twenty three. Two sixty. Okay, that's that's it's pretty good. Triple digits, which is why the five billion dollar deal with them really good deal for them. Big audience mm-hmm. take take advantage of. Um, but WWE who produced their own content said, "Hey, we know our our, our network is not." producing the number here in the States that they would want to, went, hey, we can now license this product out. And companies like Peacock took advantage of it because guess what? They don't have to do the work. It's all already there. It's already there. We have this whole archive catalog we can produce and give to our our, our fan base and they, they'll produce their own weekly content. It's great. WWE did a lot of great documentaries on the, on the original network. Really good stuff. Um, they've cut back since they moved to Peacock because, again, they're licensing certain things where... Before they had to create their own content. Now it's just a license of content you're already producing. Um, so then moving to Peacock, which a lot of people were upset about when they moved to the Peacock. Because it's, a, it's you're branching away from what you knew. And then, you know, you can't, the, the, well, the, the, the interface isn't what I'm used to. But Peacock. Yeah, but you're getting it for free. Free or, or, or half the price. Then the nine ninety nine because now it's five ninety nine if you want it. If it's not a part of your deal somewhere, which is still five ninety nine now for a WWE Premium Live event, that's pretty. Including good. WrestleMania, including WrestleMania, which is a pretty good deal. But now the forever part—you wonder if it's gonna be forever. And that's kind of my wonder. Is like with them going to Netflix with the WWE con- deal with Raw, what becomes of the content in twenty twenty six when Peacock is up? Do they renew it? Do they re- do they license old content to Netflix? It, that's kind of the weird th- situation they're in. It's yes, overseas you're getting all the old con, you're getting content. But it's like, what do you do with this archive? Does the WWE Network itself start back up, out, or do they try to license it back out? Well, it's worth noting that NBC Universal and Comcast, who own Peacock, have a deal with Netflix where they play nice together, like. For Comcast subscribers, you can get a Netflix account 
with your subscription and a certain level is free and then after that it's paid because it's all put in your bill so you're really paying for it but you're not really paying for it um uh, so I, I, i'm sure I, I, I pay like four dollars for it yeah it's some ridiculous price because that gives um, you all the all the tvs yeah so I'm sure there could be a back and forth between Netflix and Peacock in terms of who gets what and how the content is shared. Um, with Was it announced for Netflix if the pay-per-views were going there? Or is it just Raw? Raw and pay-per-view, premium live events overseas. So... Like all the WWE content overseas, if they don't have its own separate deal somewhere, is all going to be on Netflix. In those countries, not here. But it could move to Netflix here. In 2026 is when would be the year if they make the deal. Yeah, Matt, no, no. It's all the overseas premium live events and content. SmackDown, NXT, and premium live events. If you don't have a deal in a country, it'll be on Netflix there, not here. Yeah. It's it's all region-based type thing. I think it depends on how the Netflix deal is structured because we don't know and how much Peacock is willing to pay to essentially get retain the rights. To I me, hope, I hope there's an audience that they keep like I want the old content to still be a thing, especially since they've discontinued the DVD business. Yeah. I other than money, other than financial, I don't see the a need for them to move off of Peacock. Um, they have a good relationship with NBC. I think they want to keep it, especially um, since they have one with SmackDown for 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 USA Network. Yeah, so it makes sense that if SmackDown is on NBC or with NBC, that they keep the pay, the PLEs on Peacock for now. And because here here's the danger of the net of the Netflix deal is viewership. Yes, they have 260 million subscribers, confirmed by Google. Not all of them are wrestling fans. So it's going to be really, really, really interesting how this all goes. Because the other side of this is Netflix does not do a ton of live content. They've done some, and it's it's gone okay. But the real test will be, can they handle live content with Raw? And it's a big risk. Like, the Netflix deal, it's cool, and they're getting a lot of money for it, but it's a big risk to take Raw off of broadcast. It's a huge risk, because that may impact money in terms of advertising and everything else. You just don't know, because I don't know how the deal's structured. So... But at the and, and the, the streaming thing, remember how everyone got so mad anytime the WWE Network originally was, oh my god, I can't believe it stopped loading, or why is it loading, why isn't it loading, why is it buffering, oh my god... Boy, well, the launch, fun. yeah, when the very first, like the very first PLE or the very first whatever that was on it, Arrival. it crashed. You couldn't get in. Yeah, because because so the many servers people, could not handle it. Because it was a new service and everyone was signing up. The thing with Netflix is it's already built in, you know, infrastructure. So I don't expect any crashing because I don't expect a million people to log in at the same time to get on onto it, and their servers can probably handle. But then, oh, I'm sure they can. But if it, if the stream goes down one time, and ooh, I could Twitter's gonna be mad about their raw. But then we, yeah. what, what, what's gonna be interesting is one is the archives are raw, um, because if you're I... building, if you're building it up on on, if Peacock has the back backlog of raw, where do the next day rights of raw go to? Does it stay on Netflix? 
because if you're watching it live, you should be able to see the archive of it. But does the peacock get that after 30 days as well? Like, that's going to be, that's the weird thing about it. It's like, or does it at a certain point, the raw deal with peacock end with, hey, and at the end of 2024, no more new episodes of raw. Like, it's weird to have, like, I would assume it's going to be on both services, but it's, something could change there, which will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, like I said, there might be some cross-pollination while specific deals are still active. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine Peacock agreeing or being okay with them taking Raw away, basically. Taking that archive away. Um, and since everybody kind of gets along with each other, I can't see why Netflix wouldn't share WWE. Right? Because they're streaming and they're going to be live multiple places. So it makes sense that they don't retain the exclusive rights to the rebroadcast. That they just, they can, they have the exclusive rights to Raw in terms of like airing it live. But then the the archive goes on Netflix and then it can go on Peacock. After a certain point. Yeah, that's probably what After will a certain point. But that's going to be something that has to be probably worked out because it's like next day rights where it went to Hulu. So that deal has to end. That probably ends in October because you have to we're gonna have to redo one for SmackDown and one for Raw next day rights. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens long term for the network, and that's kind of the why I wanted to talk about. It. It's like there's a lot of questions in the air where what the future holds long term. Do we get like everything still? Do we get all the pay per views still, and they're gonna be, they're gonna be accessible in five years? I hope so, but you never know. And that's a worrying problem for people who like to go back and watch things. Like me. I like watching old wrestling. <laughs> I think we will. I think they'll... The archive is tricky. That's that's sort of the... A breaking point there is the archive is tricky. In terms of the next day rights, just to talk about it really quickly, um, Netflix will probably get the next day rights. Um, for those Raw. Those will come off for Raw. It makes sense that they do because there's no point in putting it on Netflix if you can't watch it pretty much immediately after. Yeah. Um, but they can't announce that until October, I think. Yeah, but it will be interesting to see. And what's funny is that the services that we're talking about now were, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, were born out of what WWE did with the network. Mm-hmm. So the WWE Network's legacy are services like Peacock and Netflix and several of the others that they've been on. So in terms of the forever, this is this is its legacy is it a lot of this stuff was born or the at least the idea of it was born out of what WWE did with the network because mm-hmm. it was like like we said absolutely revolution, revolutionary just amazingly so because you could you could watch it on your TV because that's when smart TVs first started coming out and that was the advent of that and you had you could watch it on your phone you could watch it on your tablet you could watch it on your computer it didn't matter, and you could watch it from anywhere as long as you had like a mobile connection, internet connection. You could you could watch the network, yep. And that was the fantastic selling point. You could watch pretty much whatever you wanted, and you got different content where they branched out, and you got to see a whole new side of the WWE talent, both new and old, that you never got to see before. Mm-hmm. Like Ride Along, Ride Along was really freaking cool. Because it was just three people, or two or three people, in a car. And they just put a camera in the car, and they'd have a chaser car, and they'd just sit in the car and talk. Like, they think they did one with the shield, where they were just riding around. Yeah. 
And I think they set up a total divas angle on one because they had Jimmy or Jay getting a fight or something like that. Something like that. Um, but like it was just for what the network has been and what it was, it's been absolutely just groundbreaking. And it will be sad to see it go. But with the Netflix deal going into international, they're going to set. They're going to sunset it. It makes sense that it's already been shut down here in the U.S. Uh, just in terms of access. They kept it going in other countries just because it was simpler. But now with Netflix and the fact that you have a huge subscriber base for Netflix, you can safely shut down the network. Although, I don't know. With PLEs, it's tricky. Like, they may keep it around just for the PLEs, or they may shut it down. Because Peacock is U.S. only, isn't it? Peacock is U.S. only. That's why Netflix has all those international rights for PLEs and whatnot. Yeah, so they will lightly sunset the network. It'll go away entirely. As we we know it, yeah. As we know it, and they will move forward. But it was was kind of funny how it was born, too, because I think it was the brainchild of Shane McMahon. It came out of, what, WWE 24-7, like, on Classics On Demand. They've always had something, like, through your cable provider. But it wasn't, like, easy access like you have it here. It became Shane always thought digital was a thing. He always pushed digital, especially with like ECW and one and stuff like that. Like that's what his vision. Like he brought heat to WWE.com. He always wanted that. He was all Shane was always a big advocate for digital. Shane saw where everything was going, mm-hmm. and he began to push them in that direction. And unfortunately, not many people wanted to go in that direction with him, and that was one of the reasons why he left. Um. We know the other one. Not going to touch it. Um, but they ended up having to follow his lead anyway because they quickly saw where the trends were going, which was the advent of social media, the advent of digital in terms of advertising, in terms of content, in terms of everything else. With smartphones really entering the market, it was now people want on-demand content. Traditional TV is kind of falling by the wayside a little bit. Traditional radio is falling by the wayside a little bit. People want content that they can view on their phones. You know, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, Tout, um, you name it. It was suddenly on-demand content became a thing. And WWE quickly jumped on that. And we saw them embrace it and move forward. Because it was like, I think right around, God, what was it? Right around 2012? What? That they really, or 2013, that they really started embracing digital. Because they had started doing it before the network. It might have been earlier than that. Earlier than that, with ECW, they, they were doing digital. They brought. I don't that know there. that that time period gets mixed up for me. Oh seven, oh eight, they were doing some digital stuff with the Heat, and and NXT was going to, was digital only for a while. They did they did a lot of stream, try to do a lot of streaming. Um, Bite This was always their big thing on digital. Um, so yeah, they've always been there. But we'll see where things go in the in the future. Then, now, forever, we'll see. Thank you, WWE Network. We salute you. We raise our glasses and bottles to you. Thank you it, for your service. It's been a great value for only nine ninety nine. Yep. But with that, I think we're done. We are done. That'll do it for another edition of Rack Live right here on the Wild Talk Radio Network. Saturday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. It's CB Radio. We're going to do things. We have a debate, Interns Corner, and more at CB Radio. Saturday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern. Sunday, the elimination preview on WTR. Sunday night, Russell Talk Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern. Monday night, draw posting. 
11 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back next Thursday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, to preview the Elimination Chamber right here on the Rack at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's Rack Radio Show on all social media platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, just search the Rack Radio Show. It's at Wild Talk Radio, Facebook.com, says Wild Talk Radio Network. As mentioned, a lot of WW2K24 content is coming soon. Just, just, we'll be here all March. We got plans to simulate some, co- play through some content, have some competitiveness in the content, and more. So it's gonna be a busy month of March. So, so there's all that. Chat if you have that Amazon Prime link to your Twitch account, called Prime Gaming. Support the channel by clicking the purple rectangle above the screen. You can also use credit code Rockstar or. Lynn's M. Ward. In the Fortnite item shop or Epic Game Store. Why? Because we are hashtag Epic Partners. You can follow me on most of the social medias at Lynn's Ward, L-A-N-S-W-D. You can check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Lynn's Ward. You can follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash at some Lynn's Ward. And you can follow me on TikTok, Lynn's Ward Zero. And while you're liking and subscribing and following and doing all the things, you can head over to MBG Films, youtube.com slash MBG1211 and tell Matt we said hi. Like his content, subscribe to his channel, and just enjoy his stuff because it's awesome. Um, but we're gonna go. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to the Rocker here on WallTalkRadio.com, and we will see you next week. Bye.